When was the last time you were really thankful? I mean, really thankful. Sure, we've all been there on a flight ready to go home. The flight gets canceled, delayed, we're waiting. The next flight gets canceled or delayed. We're rerouted somewhere far away. Finally make it back home a day later than we had thought. We're thankful because we're tired and want to be in our bed. Maybe you've been at the neighborhood or the Walmart neighborhood market, small mart, on a Friday afternoon. You seem to pick up one small thing, but there are no parking spots. You drive around the parking lot a dozen times, and right before you're about to give up and go home, a spot opens up and you pull in. Yes! Thank you, God, you say. But when was the last time you were really thankful? Maybe it was when that biopsy came back as benign. Maybe it was when that last chemo treatment was completed. Maybe it was when your loved one finally came home from their overseas deployment. We have reasons to be thankful all throughout our lives, both big ones and small ones. And some of them might have been truly miracles to us. It might be hard for us sitting here today to understand the situation that we're faced with in this morning's gospel reading. When we hear the word lepers in the Bible, it denotes all kinds of social consequences. Because someone who is designated as a leper has probably encompassed all manner of skin diseases from psoriasis to bad acne. Someone who was called a leper found themselves under the authority of the Torah laws in Leviticus. Maybe you've heard these before. From Leviticus chapter 13, the person who has the leprous disease shall, wore, shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head be disheveled. He shall cover his upper lip and cry out, unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. To be a leper meant to be alone, to have complete separation from the world, from your family, from any sense of love or acceptance. So when the ten lepers approach Jesus, you can imagine Jesus' reaction as he stares at these ten pitiful-looking people in their torn robes. They shout out to him, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Jesus instructs them to go and show themselves to the priests because only the priests can declare that they are now ritually clean. The ten lepers listen to Jesus, and even though they're still unclean with their sores, they start making their way to the priest, not quite knowing what to expect. But as they're going along, they look down at their hands, and those sores that had been with them for as long as they can remember began to vanish. Their raw skin begins to become like new, and they're left with smooth, beautiful, flawless skin. And to understand what that meant, they were not just physically healed, but they were now socially and relationally healed. What better reason is there to be thankful for?
But as nine of them continue to go along to the priests, one realizes the magnitude of the situation and who had given them this gift. Only one turns back to Jesus, and that one was a Samaritan. We've heard of Samaritans before, right? Remember the good Samaritan? Samaritans come up in Luke's Gospel and its continuation, the Acts of the Apostles, because Samaritans were not just seen as the outsider in the Jewish community, but they were seen as the religious enemy. Like Jews, they also worshipped Yahweh, but they worshipped him differently, and in ways that the Jewish population would have found blasphemous. They were not just disliked, they were despised. But the one who was despised turned back to Jesus and began to praise God, prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. So the question this morning is, why? Did the other nine, because they were presumably Jewish, somehow assume that they were entitled to Jesus' healing? The one who thought they deserved nothing received everything. And Jesus didn't tell him, your faith has made you clean. He said, your faith has made you well. In other words, made you whole again, restored you to right relationship with God. While I was researching this gospel reading for this morning, many of the commentaries I came across related this particular story to stewardship, and I could see how that would be an easy connection. Many compared the story with the biblical tithe. Out of ten lepers healed, one returned to Jesus giving thanks. Out of the ten dollars we are given, we return one to God giving thanks. And that's one way to look at it. But the very act of praising and giving thanks for the things that we are given require action on our parts. The thanksgiving and the praise that the Samaritans showed Jesus wasn't just a, hey, thanks a lot. It was action. He turned toward Jesus. He praised God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. For anyone who's ever received a handwritten thank you note for something can attest that that means a lot. It means something that someone took the time out of their busy day to sit down and handwrite a note. Wouldn't it just be easier and quicker to text or send an email? Yeah, but it wouldn't be the same, would it? When we recognize the gifts that we're given in this life, it's important how we give our thanks and praise to God. It means something. We come together to worship here as a community. We sing with a loud voice. We kneel down to pray. We thank God. In a society where we're all too often told to focus on ourselves, what we receive and how much we receive, there's not much discussion about how to say thank you or show thanks. I wonder what our world might look like if Every time anyone received anything, that person would show genuine thanks and gratitude for the other person. When we were in Tampa, one of my friends was the rabbi of the local Reformed synagogue. And he once said 
that when somebody said thank you in Hebrew, they said toda rabah. And toda rabah literally means I admit that I could not have done this without you. What a rich and meaningful way to think about ourselves and our relationships with God and with each other. I could not have done this without you. Admitting in many situations that we're not always in complete control. Admitting that in our lives we're not always in complete control. When we gather together at this Eucharist, which means Thanksgiving, let us richly praise and worship God with our whole bodies. And when we leave here and enter back into our daily lives, let us continue this pattern of thanks, turning towards those who we are called to love, kneeling at the feet of Jesus when we meet him out in the world, and praising God with a loud voice in all that we say and all that we do.